welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. I'm Dwayne. And on this episode, we are back to the OGs. Sammy had to take a week off, and it's the founding fathers of the podcast. Yes, the voice you don't hear who will be sorely missed is our beloved Sam, uh, so hopefully he will be back at full capacity with us very, very soon. But Shane... And he will be missed. Yes, we'll be missed. But we, you know, we, may, we may be the founding fathers, but we're definitely better as the three amigos. Very much so. Very much so. The Musketeers. What are we reviewing this week? We are reviewing the completely ignored in theaters, but apparently was a hit on Netflix, Bullet Train. Yes. I don't know how this thing didn't take off uh, with a bullet. Even looking at the casting, you have Brad Pitt, Joey King, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Michael Shannon. I mean, the list goes on and on. All of the little cameos and such. A really, really fun movie. But before we dive into... uh Uh-oh. I think it was a combination of things. Okay. I think it was a timing. I can't remember what it was up against. I think there was some big, I think it was like a Marvel movie or something. Some big franchise mm. thing that soaked up all the eyeballs and all of the dollars. And something we'll get into in a minute. I think it had several bad reviews. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's very interesting because I thought this movie was a ton of fun. But something else has a ton of fun is keeping it 100. It's time to keep it 100. 100. 100. 100. All right. And I get to lead off. And Jamie, I have found a love um, brought back. Of course, he, he always comes back around with the Princess Bride. But on HBO Max, there's a documentary about Andre the Giant. And it goes through his uh, wrestling career, of course, through his, uh, you know, the time on The Princess Bride and his life in France and really across the world and how he, his career and this man over 5,000 matches, over 27 year career um, passed away when he was 46. Uh, It's just a beautiful love letter to a beautiful giant of a man who I think captured all of our hearts and, you know, had the little heel turn at the end and was really uh, a really pivotal point in the documentary too. But uh, it's just called Andre the Giant is is the title on HBO Max. So do yourselves a favor and search that up. It is a blast. And you get to see all of your, the old wrestlers, uh, Jerry Lawyer, uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, Vince McMahon, Mean Gene Okerlund uh, as, as talking heads in this. One of my favorite things about the uh, about th- doing anything behind the scenes on The Princess Bride is everybody telling their Andre the Giant stories. Uh, just, you know, Epic flatulence. I mean, just, I mean, it just, you know, like, you know, drinking and eating habits that are just mind boggling. Just, and just, and just how sweet and, and, and kind he was at his core. And so, uh, just, it just, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm in, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And, and the flatulence stories takes up a good uh, eight <laughs> to 10 minutes of the documentary. 
All right. Well, here we go. Timer started now. So the lunch hour film school um, got to one of my, uh, I don't know if favorites the right word, but like movies I've been most impressed with, The Prestige. Um, and I think on a rewatch, there is a chance that it is Nolan's best movie. Maybe peak Nolan. And and so, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that most of our listeners, I mean, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen most of the Nolan movies. If somehow you skip the prestige, do yourself a favor. But even if you haven't, even if it's sitting on your shelf, you probably haven't watched the prestige in a while. I think it's starting to get overlooked. It's starting to become a little bit forgotten in the whole Nolan oeuvre, which I probably just said that word wrong. Um, but I was blown away all over again with how good this movie is. The the plot is absolutely gripping. The visuals of this movie are so good. The Stunning. performances are amazing. Like everybody in this movie is just killing it. And the twist at the end is so good. M. Night Shyamalan is still losing sleep over the end of this movie. <laughs> so if you, if you haven't watched The Prestige in a while, pull it off the shelf, give it another watch. It's a work of genius. Yeah. And even including the Batman movies, this is probably the one I've been back to the most. And every time I watch it, it seems like, oh, there's that. You know, um, it's one of those kind of things. It's it's so much fun. And like you said, yeah, everyone is acting their faces off. And uh, it's, you know, set in this period where everything is just so grimy and dirty and filthy but beautiful and elegant at the same time it's such a juxtaposition and with the um content yeah the prestige definitely and if definite. you know and if you know the ending it's worth a rewatch just to make sure it works <laughs> you know true. yeah, yeah. And, it, and i think it does I, don't, I can't i can't find anywhere it does it breaks down yeah well, well like i said you know, you see all of the little connections all of the little dots as as the story goes along and even the ending you know it, it doesn't lose its impact when you know it you know because you can still connect those dots but you know bullet train had a lot of dots to connect a lot of little stories going in here so jamie what do you your thoughts uh, on how this connects I'm I'm very much of two minds about Bullet Train, um, because the entertainment, just the inter- pure entertainment value, is super high. I mean, this movie is a ton of fun. Um, I think there's a lot that doesn't work, <laughs> and I think that that the balance is off on some things. But at the same time, this is already like my third watch of this movie, and I did not see it. In th- I was one of the people that skipped it in theaters. I've already watched it a couple of times. I'll watch it again, probably sooner than later. It's just so much fun. So just on pure, just entertainment level, I'm going a minus. Okay. Um, okay. Um, I'm with you there. You know, the, the notes I have for this are style, flash, violence, gore, organized crime, Japanese culture. <laughs> this movie has it all. Beautifully produced into this speeding train, you know, and and all of the collisions of these characters. Um, But yet, like you said, there's a few little places I think they linger just a bit too long, maybe, or 
I, I don't know. There's just something, a few small little things that don't sit quite right. But I'm I'm going with it with a solid A. Um, you know, but those little things that just don't sit easy. You know, keep it from being an A plus, which very well could be. You know, you have John Wick producer director on That's this. Not action so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and. <laughs> Even not on the action, but the characterizations. These guys are so colorful and so vibrant on screen. Um, uh, yeah, there's there's some great characters that I'm I'm sure we'll get into here shortly. So as we take a breath, graphically novel. Three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week. Listen as the brothers Fugit discuss classic and not so classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically Novel, three brothers who like each other but love comics. Fate. Fate is my fan. Does fate control you or do you control your fate? Are you just rolling with it like Ladybug or have you taken hold of it like the White Death? That is the question. All of these coincidences, all of the little connections to the past, the uh, the, or the uh, bringing of, of the people onto the train um, by, by the White Death, uh, the, the prince being a kind of a wild card, all of those little connections uh, are so much fun. And I love when stories call back, when you have these little flashbacks that are done really well. Um, and I, I, that really works for me in this movie. I love like the gunslinger book when he's telling the stories as he's on his adventures, he's telling of his old adventures. And that's just as much of the adventure as, you know, his uh, pursuit of the man in black. But that is my fan of this movie is all of the random little ties that tie up, you know, from, you know, we need the guys responsible for the Bolivia job. The guy calling in sick. The the tangerine truck, uh, you know, the, the snake, the wedding, all of the things. Uh, and, you know, of course, Brad Pitt's luck <laughs> as, as Ladybug, you know. Um, I, I, that's, that's my fan of this movie is how all the collisions uh, make. I love movies like this. And, and that was on my list of fans. The uh, a lot of a lot of like action comedies don't don't attempt a lot of thematic depth. And this one's got an actual theme. There's 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 a little more sophistication going on here. There's a little more thought put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it passes Lehman's test. Because remember, it's like, oh, what, what what movies about these days? It's just action. It's just no. This one's got something going on. Yeah, yeah. There's some so, thought here. It's not just pure action. Yeah, yeah. Um. Man, I've got two. I'm not. I wish Sam was here to take one of them up. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with just the flashbacks themselves. They're incredibly entertaining, and they're really well timed. They're short. They're quick. They're fast paced, yeah. and they always add something. Whether it's like helping us, you know, get the vibe of who Tangerine and Lemon are, uh, or just like, you know, just just for a laugh. But they all, you know, I think they all land. They yeah. all they all work, and they're very entertaining. And I think they break up some parts of the movie that were, were maybe we're going to bog down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think they were well-timed. So I, I think the flashbacks are probably my fan. 
Yeah, uh, I think that pacing with those little flashes back, like you said, to connections on, you know, who Tangerine Lemon truly are, to even, you know, the the finding of the Tangerine truck uh, for the for the finale there, yeah. to, uh, you know, the, even the uh, water bottle flashback. Yeah, the water bottle was so much fun <laughs> as, as I was as I was doing a rewatch, uh, the water bottle, you know, goes to the machine. It goes and then my son was in the room playing playing switch and he says. Is that the same water bottle? <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and and how those uh, you know, those little small things. You know, there's really no coincidences. Yeah. You know, it's it it's all bringing you to a point. It's all bringing you to a point. All right, so now it's time for pan. And well, you, you know what though? <laughs> they fought with everything in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they fought with suitcases, they fought with knives, guns, stuffed animals, but there were no pans. I believe we got one. For two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've I've got I've got several. Like I said, th- this movie gets by on entertainment because there are I've I've got issues. Um, I but my my main my main issue is that it swings too hard. Um, between like silly, isn't isn't this all just so silly? It's just silly fun. There's no stakes. Nothing really matters. Don't worry about it. And then it swings to like super serious, intense, you know, samurai drama. And the 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 pendulum swing is too hard. And so like also all of the story with the white death, Wataru in the hospital, all that stuff is like really serious, right? It's supposed to be intense, but you can't take it seriously. Because like the whole movie has been so silly and there's been so much comedy that the drama doesn't land. And so I, I think I think the balance is off. But the action the comediness of the action comedy is so good that I'm not mad. It just it just drags down a little bit. Like I can't consider it like a truly great movie because of it. Yeah. And that really probably is what I was trying to articulate in my pan, uh, because I was thinking, you know, the pacing in some areas just doesn't quite land. Maybe I thought it might have been a little too long, maybe by by 10 minutes or so. But there's really not a place where you could trim with all of the stories going on. But maybe it was that swing of coming from a laugh to a really hard emotional landing. Like, oh, this guy's kid and grandson is going to eat it if you know the phone is not answered and then you have a stuffed animal joke or a, you yeah. know some lowbrow comedy uh, which you know is is so much fun because the tension is so ratcheted up but the emotion you know you, you have the tension in the action but the emotion doesn't necessarily stick that landing uh, yeah. because of the silliness surrounding it so that that's you you articulated um that my pen which was you know like the pacing uh, so to speak i think that's really where it's, the movie suffers it, it it undermines it i mean it just does i mean the silly stuff is a blast but it just undermines the moments. They just they're they're trying to land, especially the stuff with the white death and Wataru's grandfather. They're, they're trying to land that as this serious emotional like punch, and it just doesn't land because we've had too much fun with the silly nonsense. Yeah, we just can't take it seriously. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Um, I really think that's that 
that pacing and that juxtaposition uh, really uh, made this movie suffer some. That's very, very interesting. Let's say anything else before we move to awards. Uh, I don't know, man. Um, we never talk about the action very much, but it is it is creative. It's entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's like, there's some stuff that I hadn't quite seen done in the way it's done in this movie. So there, there were some truly innovative things action wise. Yeah. In this movie. Yeah. I mean, you know, the fighting with the suitcase, the, the, the wreck of the, of the train where uh, Brad Pitt lands into the stuffed animal to help save his life, I guess all of the, that randomness. Yeah. And, and when, um, I forget her name, but as, as he beats character, that the fight with, with the, with the, the needle the trying to inject him with, and yeah. then the way they fight with, the the anti venom thing and he gets it from her and like and then when he's talking yeah. her through like as she's dying I'd never quite that that one sticks out to me is like really creative I'd never quite seen a fight scene like that yeah yeah where he's blocking everything with the suitcase yeah. and the yeah and she's yeah the yeah the her uh, t- assassin name was the Hornet yeah. Yeah. That, was, that was just like there, but like there was just some real creativity, which I mean, like like we talked about in the beginning, this is the guy that co-directed John Wick. I mean, yeah, you expect so, it to be good. So yeah, really there's a, there's a bar, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a bar, yeah. He has to has to get, yeah. Awesome. Well, Jamie, we've got creative with the awards, and <laughs> and I, I'm I'm so uh, tickled. Uh, why don't you introduce this one before I take off with it? Okay, so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull the curtain back a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm not taking all the credit for getting creative with the award titles because I started a new NBA podcast this week called Six Trophies, and every week they give out six trophies, and every one of their trophies has like a super creative name. So like they've got an award for who did, who did, who did the most short-term thinking in the week, and they call it the Vince Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time short-term <laughs> thinking award. So I was like, so there's like a bunch of those. I'm like, oh, those are cool. We need to do something like that. So this is a, this is the this is the rough draft of us getting creative with the titles. These may all change. We're still workshopping them, but this is this is this is this is the first draft of the of the new creative title names. So the first one is the Val Kilmer disappeared into Doc Holiday Best Performance Award. Here you go, Dwayne. All right, as best performance, I love to see a lot of these actors in action, but there's one in particular. That I've discovered, and a, a young new uh, actor on the on the scene. I, I love seeing her in, in just about anything I'm seeing her in. It's Joey King as the Prince. She is such a wild card character, and you don't know is she good, is she bad? She she comes off kind of evil, sinister, but then again, she's doing some good things, and then you have the reveal of who she is, and then she's. You know, doing the oh damsel in distress, young lady to Brad Pitt, and it just brings a whole other level of oh she's really something else, you know, and uh, but she is one of the ones in this movie who is just acting her little head off, and uh, she is so fun to see on screen, uh, just 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 eating up scenery. And I was with Lemon when he was like, when she was like doing the the innocent little girl thing. Lemon's like, oh, I see what you're doing. Like, stop see that. What, you know, see yeah. what you're doing there. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm with you, man. Because yeah, I never quite. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'd seen her in anything before. I, I think I've most of her stuff. I said, I, I just hadn't noticed it. But uh, she was really good. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be Captain Obvious, and I'm going Brad Pitt as Ladybug. Yeah. He really. 
Yeah, just kind of a little bit of a different role, but but it's just very entertaining. Him as the like the smash and grab man who's who's in therapy and trying to get all these cliches from therapy and work and actually live him out while they still do it his old job to work as a hitman. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know this is such a fun role for him too because it's he's kind of the underdog. He's not really in control. And, you know, every other movie, he's the hero. And this one, he's still the hero, but he kind of is stumbling through. Yeah, like if if his character from Ocean's Eleven was like 50% less competent, (laughs) (laughs) he'd be Ladybug, you know? Yeah, he'd be Ladybug. This is true. This is true. All right. And uh, I'm going to introduce the next. uh, The Bill and Ted take historical characters to a 1980s mall best scene. Man, I hope that one sticks. Um, So my, my favorite. And this was the moment I knew I was going to, because I, when I, the movie first started, I hadn't quite figured out what I was watching. I'm, I'm talking about the, the very first watch. Yeah. It's like, ah, what is this? <laughs> this tone is wild. Like, what is happening? Am I? But the flashback where Lemon and Tangerine go back and count the people they've killed. And and it's wild. And they're, they're turning and looking at the camera. And also, so it's a flashback, but it's kind of not a flashback because they're also still telling the story as they're doing the flashback. And it's wild. The kills are insane. And and you, you get a feel for who they are immediately as characters. That was the moment where I realized I'm in good hands. I'm about to have this is a pretty long movie for, for like an action comedy. It's a pretty long movie. I'm probably going to enjoy most of it. That but that and that flashback still works. Yeah. And I think it sets the tone. And for me, it's the tra- trajectory of the movie. We're like, yeah, now, now I'm in for the ride. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, that was, that was a good one. I'm going to go with the quiet fight. Ladybug and Lemon, Brad Pitt and Brian Tyree Henry are in the quiet car. <laughs> and they're beating the daylights out of each other. And shh, you have the lady. <laughs> they're just like he's got him in a headlock and she turns around they're hugging you know (laughs) it's it's my friend you know and they're just beating the snot out of each other trying to be quiet trying to get the gun uh, you're trying to get the upper hand on the next one and it's just totally absurd that was that was my buy-in for the movie uh, when i realized okay i see what this is <laughs> you know you kind of knew you were getting some absurdity but when that happened you're like okay this is just going to be ridiculous over the topness and that is so much fun i love that scene there's so many great scenes but I, that scene always makes me laugh <laughs> yeah i thought i thought of the fight with the hornet i thought of the fight in the in the snack car with tangerine yeah that one, i mean there's there's so many of those great little moments yeah, I mean, and the and the ending, the train crash. I mean, how how epic is all of that fighting? You have samurai swords and canes and guns yeah. and you know uh, five against two and you know five against one and you know people flying off the top of the train. But the, but the quiet fight, you yeah. you know, and all of that. Yeah, it's so, so good. funny. It's so funny. All right. Right, next next up. up is the Gary. This one we have to workshop. I, I, I think there's a kernel of a good title here. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't get this one right though. The Gary Oldman Elite Character Actor Best Character Award. All right, and I get to lead off on this one. I'm so glad I do. Tangerine and Lemon. Can you really separate them? 
I'm taking two for one. Aaron Taylor Johnson <laughs> and Brian Tyree Henry, um, you know, playing brothers. He's my brother. And then, you know, you find out how they, you know, grew, how they work together, what their strengths and weaknesses are. And uh, Jamie, I am a Thomas the Tank Engine fan to this day. <laughs> I have on my shelf Day of the Diesels, the um, Mystery Mountain. Railway, uh, all this, and even as far back narrated with the George Carlin. I love me some Thomas, and I love when he's labeling people. Well, you're Percy. You're you're a Diesel. You're a, a Poster. You're you're like you're like Thomas. You care for people, you know. Oh, you're James. You're you know, and he's he's going through, and Tangerine is like, what the heck, man, <laughs> and and just their relationship and how they act and interact and uh, their journey. I love it. Well, I was with you. I, I made, I mean, it is an episode of Nerds Around Table if you don't cheat on something here. But uh, I wanted to pick Lemon and Tangerine, but I made myself choose. And so I forced myself to, and I went with Lemon. And I love the interaction with him and his brother. And the fact that he's got a running Thomas the Take engine bit that lasts the entire, entire movie. movie. It is plot critical. <laughs> Because it's the fact that she has that diesel sticker on her shoulder that makes that whole that whole plot come together. Yeah. Um, that's impressive. In that, the case that, with that, the sticker, yeah. Yes, that's it. That's it. I love it. Even from the very beginning, when he starts talking about Thomas, and he pulls out the sticker, he's like, you didn't bring the stickers. I always have my stickers with me, bro. <laughs> I just, the whole thing is so good. It's impressive. They made that Thomas the Tank Engine bit work, work. so well. <laughs> it should have been eye-rolly. It really should have been, but it wasn't. Yeah, they were they were a blast. They were a blast. Well, next up we have the Idris Elba canceling the apocalypse best quote award. Jamie. Oh no. Okay, I'm gonna go with it's not my best dialogue. I think it's my favorite delivery of dialogue. And so it's as the Hornet has in, injected her both. Ladybug and herself with the venom, the venom, but only Ladybug has ended up with the anti-venom. So she's dying, and <laughs> and it's the way that Brad Pitt delivers this dialogue because he's trying to be the I'm in therapy <laughs> guy, and he, he goes, he goes, oh, you don't have another one? You've got to be better prepared. I'm mansplaining. I'm mansplaining again. I'm sorry. Meanwhile, blood is pouring out her eyes. He goes, can I get you something? You don't seem like a religious type. So she's like grabbing anything she can. She's crawling away, dying. And he goes, water. Would you like some water? Want, want a blanket? You mean to hold your hand? <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. I just, I loved it. Trying to be a better person. <laughs> so you, you put up good in the world, you get good back. It's just, as she's dying, as blood is pouring out the pores of her body. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, what makes this movie so great is that absurdity. Yeah. Is that absurd? You know the, the the absurd juxtaposition of this guy trying to be a nice guy when this person is dying horribly. Well, my best quote also involves Brad Pitt, but it's an interaction with a cameo. I would say you have Channing Tatum sitting on the train. <laughs> Brad Pitt sits down, and says, "You want to make two hundred bucks?" He leans forward. Is this is this the sex thing? <laughs> No. <laughs> I love the Brad Pitt pause too. He's like, what? Like, he has, let me process this. You know? And it happens again with Tangerine. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's got a great uh, walk. <laughs> I love an accent. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's where I'm going to go. I'm just, just going to have that fun with that. <laughs> oh, if we had yeah. a cameo award, he probably would have won it. But there is he, a contender. But Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, shall we drop into the draft? Draft time. All right. Well, since this is such a Brad-centric movie, our draft is going to be our favorite Brad or best Brad Pitt movies. So I get to lead off, and I'm going to go with uh, probably... hmm, Should I go with my introduction? I've got... There's so many great ones here. Uh, And when I looked at his IMDb, I forgot how many great movies this, this guy was in. You know, and I was like, oh, yeah, I can make it. You know, and, I, and then I really had to pick and choose. You know, so let's see here. I'm going to go with uh, an odd role that he, uh, it wasn't my introduction to him, but an odd, odd role that he had in this movie with George Clooney and Tilda Swinton and some other folks, but Burn After Reading. Solid. Solid choice. All right. You left me the right answer, though. I probably did, yeah. Seven. Seven. Well, I will see your seven and raise you a fight club. Oh, that was the next right answer. Tyler Durden, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> which which one of these is the most right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think those will be, I, I almost no matter what he does the rest of his career, those are his big two. I don't think, I don't think he's going to top those. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go super dramatic on my next one, and I'm gonna go Legends of the Fall. On the list. Yep, great movie. On the list. Well, what about uh, him opposite Robert Redford in Spy Game? It's on the list. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that movie. Uh, it was such. It was one of the first. M- like really, really twisty, twisty turning movies uh, that I had uh, experienced. Well, I'm going to stick with the Robert Rafer connection and go with A River Runs Through It. Ooh, yeah. That one's good. That one's good. How far are we going? Uh, Do we do a couple more? I've got at least two more I want to draft, so let's let's go at least two more. Yeah, I was going to say, there's there's a few more here. (laughs) Hmm. I love a good uh, World War II movie, Fury. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a really strange one that I love. It's a movie that I absolutely love, and is it was my first like Brad Pitt, kind of a weirdo moment. Uh, Twelve Monkeys At, on the list. Yeah. On the list. Yep, yep. I was I was debating between that one and uh, and a couple here. Hmm. Gosh, they're still. I've, I've got, still got a bunch left. I've got I've got three that I really want to get. Well, let's keep going because I've, uh, I've got three more left. Yeah, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Brad Pitt doing epic as Achilles and Troy. Yeah, that all. I'm gonna go Brad Pitt doing the heist movie we talked about. We we referenced briefly earlier. I'm going Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's yeah, good good movie. I think they outdid themselves with the franchise. I think they yeah. franchise. I think they, they watered it down. But the first, the first one, the first one especially. Really 
Yeah. 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 The first one's great. Well, this was probably my introduction to Brad Pitt. Um, interview with the Vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and to take that character, you had to take that character, um, beloved, and, and really bring him to life. I'm going to go next. I'm going to go with another one of the uh, Brad Pitt, kind of weird guy roles, as the completely unintelligible Pocky in Snatch. Snatch, yep, that was on my, was on my short list. That was on my short list. Well, my last one that I'm going to bring out is he is Lieutenant Aldo Rain, <laughs> is the, in the Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. Got to kill some Nazis. Kill some Nazis. Yeah. All right, so my my last one, I'm gonna go with. Uh, you know what? It's not it's not my actual one, but it's one I want to mention. Completely forgotten movie. It's about an hour too long, but Meet Joe Black is an interesting flop. It, I mean, it, it completely flopped at the theaters. It is completely forgotten. It's a very interesting movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a very interesting uh, Meet Joe Black. I think that it was one of these misunderstood movies, and I think. Also, it got some uh, additional tickets sold because uh, uh, Meet Joe Black and the Water Boy were the two places you could see the Star Wars Episode One trailer before we. You know, it took you an hour to upload a thirty-second trailer. Well, and, it, and it's like three hours long, and it has oh, no. Yeah, it's it has massive. no. Like that, ex, it's like an extra hour of movie. It had no business having on its runtime, but it yeah. is a very interesting movie. Well, someone who I would like to watch for a few hours is uh, Keanu Reeves. Uh, although he's not in this movie, Jamie, I do feel that there may be a connection to be made. There is. And the Keanu connection is the obvious one that nearly everyone, even close to my age, is expecting. But before I say the name, let me share some of the highlights of our connection's career. While You Were Sleeping is a surprising, quirky I probably forgotten endearing rom-com. I really like it. The connection and Bill Pullman are really good together. Uh, then there's the net a completely outdated that you probably have trouble watching because of how you know much different modern technology is, but it's really high quality thriller. I, I really like the net. And there's also, she's in a really strong and very emotionally powerful legal thriller, a time to kill. Then in some ways it's kind of a tough watch. I mean, there's 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 stuff in there. There's a couple of scenes that are that are are tough to look at, but very good movie. And then there was the Lost City recently, which is kind of feels like kind of a comeback for our connection. Um, you know, she, I don't think she had been in quite the prominent role as she was in this movie, and and I did not expect to like it at all. But I love that movie, and you are wrong. It is not Sandra Bullock co-starring with Keanu in Speed. That's what everybody's thinking, and you're all wrong. It's not Sandra Bullock with Keanu in Speed. It's Sandra Bullock with Keanu in The Lake House. <laughs> That's right. She has the double connection with Keanu. So Sandra Bullock and The Lake House are this week's Keanu connection. Kaboom. <gasps> Uh, I don't know if you pulled a fast one or a slow one on me. <laughs> <laughs> it was so easy. I had to try to class it up a little bit. <laughs> At first I was like, oh, so that's, okay, that's who it is. But then you, you, you done this swerve. 
<laughs> you dirty dog, you. <laughs> that was like that a was a one heck. That was one heck of a Keanu connection. <laughs> so yeah, if you haven't yet uh, checked out Bullet Train, what are you doing listening to this podcast and not watching Bullet Train? Um, so definitely go check that out as it is on Netflix. Uh, and I feel that Netflix uh, has become one of those staple streams that nearly everybody almost has to have. Or has somebody else's password. Or somebody else's password. This is true. This is true. But, Jamie, coming up for our next quest. Well, we got to preface it a little bit. Because Bullet Train is a secret launch to a theme month. We're actually doing this. Is, this is all Sammy's idea. I wish he was, I wish he was here to explain it better than, than we're, we're about to. But uh, we're doing no November. Uh, Dwayne is not observing no shave. Dwayne is observing no shave November. I am not. Um, apparently. I yeah. I, I, I got nothing. Um, I, I was. I, I could go somewhere with that. I did. It, it didn't work. Anyway, but we're going to work on movies that nobody likes, that got no good reviews, and are overlooked. And Bullet Train, despite being a very good movie, did get some bad reviews and was a very overlooked movie. And so it's our, sort of our secret launch to no November. So our next review is going to be the Avengers. But not that yeah. Avengers. <laughs> not Robert Downey Jr. It's Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman. Yes, that Avengers. <laughs> so um, as we've already done the legwork, it is streaming on Max and also on Tubi. If you uh, if you happen to subscribe to either of those, you can view it there. And hey, Dwayne, what are we going to do until next time? Jamie, I want to dance like Uma Thurman.